Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Guys, welcome to a show that's for you and about you. Those of you that work so hard for your money, you're ready for your money to start working harder for you now. You want that freedom, cash flow, and prosperity today, not 30 or 40 years from now, but right now. So you live that life that you love, doing what you love with those that you love. But guys, so much more importantly, it's about creating a ripple effect through the lives of others. Because as you prosper financially, you can create a greater impact and blessing to the world. Guys, that is why I'm here. That's why the show exists because of you. Again, thank you for binging and sharing and just doing everything that you guys do to be producers, to be abundant, actual real producers and contributors to this world. So thank you for adding value to everybody's life, including mine. And again, thank you for allowing me to create that ripple effect for you. As a reminder, you can always check our website, moneyripples.com. You can reach out to us there, find more information and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Money Ripples with Chris Miles page. Go subscribe there right now so you can get all the new hottest podcasts, which if you're listening to this, you might already be on it now. But uh, either way, I want to have you guys on the YouTube channel. Definitely check that out. Hey guys, quick shout out to our sponsor, American Homeowner Preservation. Hey guys, if you want to make a great rate of return with little money out of pocket, even as little as a hundred bucks and do it while helping other people as well, check these guys out. The website's fundingahp.com. The way they do it, they crowdfund money, people's money together to go and help essentially become the bank. They buy people's mortgages that are defaulting, people that are late on their mortgages. They help them refinance, stay in their home and or sell their home so that they can be in a better financial position. And the cool thing is, is that they pay awesome returns and they pay it monthly. And like I said, you can invest with as little as a hundred bucks. So check them out. Websites, fundingahp.com. That's F-U-N-D-I-N-G-A-H-P.com. Check them out. So today, guys, I've been thinking a lot of different topics that I could be sharing. And I want to share this one now because I feel it's more pertinent than ever. Uh, i give you an example. I mean, just in the last few years, we've seen, heck, in the last year, we've seen some crazy stuff happening. For anybody who's like a millennial right now, you've never known loss. Right. And I, and when I say that, I don't mean personal loss. I mean, financial loss in the sense that if you've been in the markets, if you've been in the stock market, you probably haven't seen a loss because you've probably been in since around the market lows. If you were lucky, or you've been in since the market's gone up because it's gone up for 12 years. If you've been in real estate, real estate's also gone up for about the last eight years or so, maybe probably nine to 10 years now. So real estate's gone up. If you look around, almost nothing has lost money. The only people who have lost money are people have lost money, right? Those that are probably buying lottery tickets right now. Uh, but the markets have been amazingly generous. And, uh, and it reminds me a little bit of like what I experienced back in 2005, 2006. And, uh, and so I want to talk about this because I really want to warn you guys against being lazy with your money. And you got to really ask yourself that question is, are you getting lazy with your money? Are you just trusting that everything tends to go up and that's why you're putting your money there, including the stock market, including just trying to go for real estate. Maybe you're banking on appreciation with real estate, which is a dangerous game. So let me take you back, right? Let me take you back to when I was a financial advisor. I was that from like 2002, the beginning of 2002 through 
the beginning of 2006. So four years as a financial advisor. And during that period of time, of course, we saw things recover from Y2K. Uh, things started to bounce back and real estate was booming specifically. I remember my very first starter home that I bought. You know, the first starter home I bought was a 1971 Rambler, 900 square feet on the top floor, or really the main floor. There was no top floor and 900 square feet in the basement. It was a three bedroom, one bath house. When we were starting a new married life together with my now ex-wife and uh, we were about to have kids and we had two kids in that home. Our two oldest children were born in that home. And give you an idea about this home. I mean, this thing was yellow fiber, was it yellow uh, siding, right? It did have a yellow fiberglass carport too. So we couldn't even park our cars all the way in because there's this, this staircase that was sticking out that wouldn't allow us to park all the way in. So even though the one, you know, we had two cars a lot of times, right? But even though we would park, even the one that was parking in first would still have its back end hanging out. So it wasn't as protected from the elements as we'd like. It had the calico colored carpet, the shag carpet, including the green shag. For those of you who've been around long enough, you know what that was like. I grew up with that kind of shag carpet. Uh, I had the fuzzy wallpaper. I mean, vintage wallpaper from 1971. We bought it as an estate sale. So that was our first starter home. Bought it for like $116,000, uh, 1,800 square feet, three bedroom, one bath. Eventually added a fourth bedroom while I lived there. Well, when I started to learn this stuff, I started to learn about creative ways to do real estate investments. And the big focus was, of course, on cash flow, which was good. I'm glad they taught that. But there were some, there were some strategies that really didn't quite add up. And so, uh, so for my first real estate deal, besides buying a starter home, right, which is not really a real estate deal, that's more for my personal residence. But the very first one I did was actually turning my primary residence into a rental. So kind of like you guys maybe have been doing like the Burr strategy, right? You, you buy it, you renovate it, you might have refinanced it, and then you might rent it out. Um, some of you guys just might flip it. Well, I decided in 2006, this is about the, about the summer of 2006, I was going to flip this property. So I did because I bought it for 116, but eventually by 2006, so just three years later, it was now worth 165. That was the appraised value. So I'm thinking we're awesome because, hey, now we've got like over $50,000 of equity in the house. Actually, after the down payment, we had probably about 60,000 of equity. So we wanted to get that cash out. So the creative strategy we did, there's a company here locally in Utah that said, hey, you can sell us your home at full appraised value. And then, you know, sell it to us. We'll buy it from you at full appraised value. We'll pay you the equity and everything. But then you'll turn around and lease it back from us. So basically, we become the renters of our own house, right? It's kind of a cool way to get the equity out, right? So we can get all of the equity out and do whatever we want with it, invest it or whatever. Now, here's the thing that I did wrong, right? Is that the payment, the monthly payment on that was about, I think, 1500 or so a month. Now, understand when I had the house in the first place, it was like, 750 bucks a month. Uh, and that's because it had PMI. If you remember private mortgage insurance, it had that on it, right? So, you know, obviously we had that on there. So I was like, all right, cool. At least we don't have that anymore. But still, I went from 750 to like 1500 a month. Well, we we're going to rent it out. We're like, okay, we could probably rent this thing for about 1100 or so a month. So that's what we did. Now think about it. 1500 is the payment. 1100 is the rent we can collect. So of course, I'm going to manage my own property because I'm already at a loss of 400 bucks a month. So mistake number one, is I was at a loss. Now, what I was thinking was, if I take that 60,000 and I go and invest it, then I can make a high enough return to offset that cost, right? Because what if I made 2% a month on that money, right? If I made 2% a month on 60,000, well, that's 1,200 bucks a month. That's practically paying for my payment anyways. So who cares? Again, if you guys haven't already figured this out, those of you that are about my age already know what's happening here. But some of you might think, ooh, I should try that. 
But here's what happened, of course, is that, you know, we ended up buying a new house. Of course, we bought a much more expensive house. We went from $116,000, $165,000 house to buying a $600,000 plus dollar house, right? So not a tremendous jump by today's standards, but it was a pretty big jump for what we were doing, you know, going from really, in fact, because interest rates were higher, our monthly payment was like 4,300 bucks a month. So going from 750 to 1500, trying to rent it out to offset it, and then paying 4,300 bucks a month for a mortgage payment. And of course, like, again, I was just thinking, you know what, doesn't matter, because as long as there's equity, that's great. And so I was like, we're buying with equity, because if it appreciates, just cash out that equity, we can use that to invest and offset the cash, the negative cash flow or the, the payments that we can't afford, right? Huge mistake. Again, everything I was doing was banking on appreciation. The funny thing is what led up to it up to that summer, because you guys have heard my story where I was able to be financially independent by the summer. Well, that's why I wasn't so worried because I had more enough cash flow coming in. Yeah, if I'm a few hundred bucks a month off, I'm fine. I'm okay. But what if it doesn't keep going up? That was the question that I know was burning in the back of my mind but I kept pushing it away. I was like, oh, am I taking too many risks here? Ah, push it away, push it away. So I was, I was banking on appreciation. This is why now today you hear me talking about cash flow so much, passive income. I'm not even trying to bank on appreciation. By the way, I mean, appreciation has been absolutely just ridiculous, especially for those of us on the Western half of the US. I bought this house three years ago. We just sold it this week, by the way, and sold it for 50% more than we bought it for three years ago. I mean, just ridiculous. So that's awesome. It's great when you can get those kind of bonuses, as I call them, right? When you get a big appreciation and things like that, that's great. But understand you did nothing, nothing to get that appreciation, right? That's not you. That was a market, which also means the opposite is true is that if something goes wrong, you have no control either, do you? And so really you have no control over your financial destiny. You have no control over your financial freedom because you're banking on market swings. You cannot do that. And what I'm seeing today happening is that I'm seeing a lot of people just saying, you know what? Put more money in the stock market. It just keeps going up. And you know what? Hey, I'm going to buy that property. Yeah, it doesn't really cash flow, especially those of you guys on the Western half of the United States. If you're on the West Coast, especially, it drives me nuts when I hear you guys say, well, also cash flow 100, 200 bucks. Well, what happens if the rental market changes? What happens if something goes on, you get a vacancy, you're still paying for that payment and you barely made any profit in the first place to make up for that. So when you factor all those things together, you're kind of gambling a lot. Now I'm telling you just because that can happen, especially in specific areas around the country, especially the Western half of the United States, doesn't mean if you look on the Eastern half, you're going to see the same situation. And by the way, of course, I love appreciation, but you cannot bank on that. You cannot bank on market swings. When you try to rely on market swings, things are out of your control. You can never experience true freedom. It's impossible. There will always be that worry of what if. The best thing you can do is try to control and minimize your risk. Do not ever believe that high risk creates high returns. A bigger chance of losing does not create a bigger chance of winning. Let me repeat that. A bigger chance of losing does not create a bigger chance of winning. Higher risk. Risk is defined as chance of loss. What is your odds at losing? Higher risk means there's a higher chance of losing. Higher chance of losing does not mean a higher chance of winning, right? If you have a 90% chance of losing, that means you have a 10% chance of winning. I'd rather flip it. How can I get my risk down as low as possible where maybe I only have a few percent chance of losing? Maybe less. Maybe I can make it as bulletproof as possible other than just some catastrophic, cataclysmic event that no one's safer, right? And that can always happen. 
But what I've learned is that boring is sexy. Cash flow is sexy. That's the lesson I got. It wasn't that I should never do real estate again, even though I got burned pretty bad. By the way, what ended up happening, I had to evict those renters myself. And after I did, they trashed the house. We had to have it cleaned up. And luckily, at least not from the expense standpoint, but at least from the standpoint of getting out of the property, I was able to sell it for what I owed. I was lucky there just because I sold out early enough in 2006 and then sold it right about 2008. So I was able to balance it out, you know, but man, I, it could have been much worse. I could have been in the hole. I could have been upside down that property and it was ugly. So what I am seeing is a lot of you guys are starting to take too many chances. You're getting sloppy. You're not doing the due diligence you should be doing, you know, especially if you're looking at syndications and deals like that. Guys, I saw so many people. I didn't get sucked into a lot of like investments where I put money in and then people didn't pay me back. But I can tell you, I knew hundreds of people, most of them from this state alone, the state of Utah, that lost money because they went and invested with people because they just trusted somebody. And then that person trusted somebody and so on. And then the whole deck of cards came crashing down. It was a huge domino effect and millions and millions of dollars were lost. All because, again, people were overconfident. If there was anything I learned was not to be so egotistical or prideful to believe that I had the Midas touch, that everything I touched turned to gold. The truth is that I was stupid. I was trying to get there too quickly. I was trying to push it too fast and I took unnecessary risks and that created more headaches down the road. And by the way, when I was the guy that in 2007, 2008, 2009 was trying to tell people how to get out of the rat race, you can imagine I didn't feel so hot when I was back in the rat race again. Like that's why in 2008, I stopped teaching people how to get out of the rat race because I was back in it. How could I tell people to do something I wasn't practicing myself? Um, that's the one thing that's a huge thing. I don't teach you guys something that I don't do. I just can't speak that way. I have to speak from experience to be able to teach something at a deeper level. So I'm telling you right now, there are many, 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 many people getting lazy. This is why when people are buying crypto, they're like, oh, well, it goes up. I buy stocks. It goes up. I buy real estate. It goes up. That should never be your, really, that should not be your wealth plan. You should not be banking on things going up in value. You cannot bank on appreciation, bank on cash flow. And cash flow where you can minimize the risk as much as you can to ensure the cash flow keeps coming in. And it doesn't mean anything is risk-free. But I can assure you, if you do it right, and you do it with the right conditions, things can work out great. So when I buy my properties, I love buying properties that have equity. Uh, heck, I put a 20% down payment on my properties or 25% even down payment on properties to make sure that even if the market goes down, I still have an exit strategy. So make sure you always have an exit strategy. Make sure there's a way to get out. Make sure you set rules on yourself. Like for example, in the stock market, when I taught people how to trade, I would say, put a stop loss. If it drops below X amount of dollars, get out. Don't question it. Just get out. You know, don't, don't let your emotions try to convince you to stay in when things start going down. If it hits a certain point, pull out. Because I'll tell you, the thing that happens with everybody, human nature just says they don't want to lose. You don't want to lose anything. This is why people have such a hard time losing weight because they don't want to lose anything. You got to release the weight. You got to get trimmed up or do something where you create or get more of something, not lose something. Same thing with losing money in the stock market. People will refuse to lose money. And this is true with crypto, right? Any kind of market. People don't want to lose money. So they hang on. They just hang on clutching it as it's going down, down, down. The best thing you do is if an elevator is going down, instead of waiting for it to get to the bottom, bail out on another floor. You know, even if it's a lower floor than you were on before, find a way to bail out. So pick that stop loss, right? Pick that point where you say, 
This is non-negotiable. I will not let this go below this price. If I do, I'm out. I just got to get out. Even if it bounces back, don't look back. Yeah, because it's always hindsight 2020, right? But don't look back. Even if you could have made money because you got out the wrong time, it doesn't matter. It's better than writing it all the way down for a year or two of a down market only to watch it pop back up because you waited too long. You got to respond quickly. So again, if you decide to be in the market, that's up to you. Stock markets, you just decide to be in crypto. That's up to you. If you're going to do that kind of stuff, gamble with something that's not going to cost you your, your life and your freedom. Do a very small amount of money, small positions in those kind of things. Go for the things that are more steady and true. The real estate market, the nice thing about real estate is one, it's not in a bubble yet. Now, places like California, if interest rates skyrocket, it could affect values in places like California or maybe even Washington state. But uh, most likely you're going to see a softening of prices, not a decline in prices. You're going to see them stop increasing. But until we start building more properties and until there's more inventory, you're not going to see prices drop. So don't be banking on that either. Like, oh, I'm going to wait till the prices drop some more. You're probably going to be disappointed. You might just, if at best, see them go flat from here. And, and that could easily happen. But don't expect things to drop in value, okay? So really, it's a matter of not even worrying about market appreciation. Don't bank on that. Bank on what's going to pay you regular, stable, passive income. What's going to pay you that income? That is where the true freedom comes from. So guys, if you learn anything from my mistakes, don't you know, jump into the markets. Don't go in because everything has to go up, right? Everything just goes up. Don't believe that for one second because those of us who have been around long enough know things never go up forever. And the longer they go up, usually the harder they crash. The faster they go up, the faster they fall. You don't want to be in that kind of place. Don't bank on market values. Just so you know, by the way, since COVID, um, I think it was like, I just read this article yesterday. I think it was five point something million people becoming a millionaire uh, from 2019 to 2020. But from 2020 to 2021, over 50 million people became millionaires. I just read that on a Yahoo Finance article. Now you can fact check it. Maybe it was 25 million, but either way, drastically a bigger number. And the whole reason, guaranteed, market values went up. It's not because you were smart. Although some of you might be very intelligent, you might have made some good decisions. Same with me. My net worth went up for the reasons of having cash flow and positive income, positive cash flow. That's the good reason having your wealth go up. But when it's all this other stuff like market appreciation, things like that, guys, that's gravy. To me, that doesn't count. That's just a benefit. That's a perk. That's icing on the cake. Never count on that to do that. And just because you hit millionaire status because there's real estate and stock market appreciation, it doesn't mean you guys will stay as millionaires. You got to be in, the, in a wise place to do that. So anyways, I'm not going to beat that dead horse too much. All I'm going to say is be wise, right? Be wise with your money. Focus on cash flow, not market appreciation. Focus on the things you can control. Make sure you set rules for yourself to get out or to do certain things to ensure that you don't make an emotional decision that will cost you so much more money than what it could have made you. Guys, that's my advice for this week. Go and make it a wonderful and prosperous week. And remember, check out our YouTube channel, the Money Reference Chris Miles page. We'll see you later. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.